Welcome to the My Home, My Mission podcast, a conversation about life at the intersection of faith and family. Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. This is Chris. I'm in studio today with my co-host Jordan. Yep, welcome back. And we are continuing in the series we've been working through on the subject of the five love languages based in Gary Chapman's book entitled, wait for it, the five love languages and it's a, a staple in marriage communication it's a staple in communicating with children um, with people you care about it's even has great principles as it relates to um, our relationship with people outside of our immediate family people you want to demonstrate your care toward uh, kindness toward all of this has application for that, but we're dealing with it specifically inside the family relationship and even more specifically in the spousal relationship um, is kind of where we are. And so far we've, we've, we did a big episode kind of introducing the concept behind there. We did an episode all by itself on the subject of words of affirmation. And then uh, last week we did one on the subject of receiving gifts and quality time. So this week, we're going to talk on the subject of acts of service, and we're going to kind of kick off there, and um, acts of service. Now, this is not super high on Jody's list or mine, but we both like to serve, and we both like to be served. In fact, I probably like to serve um, better than, uh, than maybe any of the others as far as the way I like to do it. So I thought this would register for me as high on my list, but it doesn't. It's just something that I enjoy doing. So uh, what about you guys? <laughs> Acts of service kind of fit on you guys somewhere? Uh, I mean, it's somewhere on there. Yeah. And uh, I thought you said you were an acts of service guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm kind of there. It's not my primary, but it's probably my second gotcha. primary. Gotcha. And I can tell you in a little while where that came from. I think, but <laughs> okay, we're gonna do deep psychology on this episode. <laughs> sounds like we're gonna do it. Oh man, so, um, yeah. acts of service. Then acts of service should be those ways where we act to the betterment of someone else um, in some way that's somewhat sacrificial to ourselves in a way also that's never coerced, but always freely given and received. So it should never be coerced. It shouldn't be, well, if you loved me, you would do this for me. Uh, that's coercion. We're not talking about that. Mm -hmm. We're talking about where it's freely given. I want to do this because I care about you and freely receive. Not that I, you owe this to me, but uh, thank you for doing this. I recognize this was a big deal for you to do it. So that's the big picture, overarching 5,000 foot level of yep. acts of service. Acts of service without any, without any desire for uh, payback, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. We're not trying to sit there and go, okay, hey, uh, I, I folded the laundry, so you're going to go with me to the Mudcats game, yeah, right? No, just bought myself that. some some yeah. stuff here. <laughs> exactly. So so in my family, so this, I told you, this is, this is where this comes from for me. So my grandfather, we called him granddaddy. Uh, when we would go to my grandparents' house, it's kind of this open concept room. So living room, kitchen, dining room, all this together. And there was this little uh, kitchenette table that they would eat breakfast at every day. He'd read his paper, drink his coffee. Mm -hmm. But when we'd go, go to their house, we're kind of scattered all around the room. And, this, you know, as kids, we're going crazy and stuff. And he would always have this one spot. He'd sit at that table where he could see everybody. Mm -hmm. And so he'd sit back and he would just watch for what does anybody need? 
wow. uh, Christmas Day or, or whenever, you know, we're opening gifts. He's looking back. To, he's got a box full of batteries. He's just waiting to see when, when can I help somebody <laughs> put batteries in something. Wow. Uh, they lived on a lake. And so we would bring, we'd have uh, our small groups over. We'd have big, you know, birthday parties and stuff out there and do the tube behind the boat and all that. Yeah. So he would just, the whole day, he'd be walking up and down from the house down to the lake and just be airing stuff up, bringing chairs out, just always, always serving, always doing something for somebody else. Um, and so he was, he was really my first picture of what true showing love by acts of service looks like. Wow. Now is this the, is this the pastor? Nope. This is the other one. The this other is one. the World War II Navy uh, chef from the wow. from the warship. Wow, man, I'm learning stuff about you. Yeah. Here, so, so, so that that was him, and and so I got to really see what that looks like. He just selfless, just always serving people, always looking for ways to man, help. So that is such a and you that, could you couldn't serve him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and what a great picture really of origin too so we could probably rabbit trail for that for 10 minutes if we wanted to (laughs) and just talk about how do we gain these things is it something that's genetically predisposed or is it a learned behavior but if i heard you right i saw something that i really valued in my grandfather who uh you admire emulate that kind of thing and uh and it just became important to you in how you operate so yeah that's a big sure. deal. A big deal. So, hey, um, if we're to serve our spouse, here's something that we've kind of learned in the process. And I don't remember if Chapman spoke of this directly or, um, you know, if we added it or if it's something that he did. But um, when we serve our spouse, we have to, if we're going to get full value out of acts of service, we have to serve them in a way that they would do it themselves if we want value for what we do. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, an example of that, if, uh, if Jody had a strange way of folding laundry, let's just say she wanted, uh, all the t-shirts had to be folded with the sleeves to the back and so that she could always see the lettering on the shirt and it would be folded in tries and then set into a dresser. She's not that way, but if she were that way, if I were to go grab the laundry and I folded everything in half and hid the t-shirt logo on the inside, she's not going to see what I did as an act of service. She's going to see it as torture. I mean, it's <laughs> going to be some kind of uh, thing that she's going to feel in her mind. I have to go back and redo all of that. And that's wasted energy. So part of the act of serving is to serve in a way that your spouse would have done it for themselves had they been given the opportunity to do it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So now when we talk about it, we talk about it from the standpoint of uh, it's my job, Jordan, uh, at our family and our family rhythm uh, because we're empty nesters now. So Jody typically makes dinner uh, five nights a week. Uh, and then we'll go out to eat one or two evenings a week kind of deal. But um, five nights a week, she makes dinner. Um, sometimes I'll cook if we're cooking breakfast or something because I'm a grits, you know, hero mm-hmm. kind of deal. Anyway, so uh, the other person, which is me in this story, uh, their job's to do the dishes. So the first thing I'll do after dinner is I get up and I start loading the dishwasher or whatever. And can I just say to you, dishwashers have a particular organizational scheme <laughs> by design of the way they're supposed to be. Yeah. So if it's my job to load and unload the dishwasher, and I typically do those things more often than not in our home, 
um, then I want the large plates all together. I want the small plates together. The bowls go into a place. The cups need to be in such a way that, you know, it makes sense. There's organization. My wife, on the other hand, does not see the value of the dishwasher loading the same way that I do. <laughs> she believes if it fits, it ships. Okay, so it's yeah. going to go. <laughs> if it fits, then it's going to get clean. And uh, we, for years, would have discussions. You can't load the dishwasher like that. It makes no sense. It's disorganized. Uh, all of these things. And uh, I even went so far one time as to take and unload the dishwasher from her disorganized way and to reorganize it so I could prove to her you can get more dishes in there if you'll organize it. <laughs> Only to be proven that actually we got the same amount of dishes in in both ways, but it just seemed to me like they should be organized in another direction. Yep. So if I'm tapping into someone's OCD right now, you're welcome. Yeah, mine. Okay. Yours? Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's important if you're going to serve your spouse to do it in a way that's uh, that's going to be appreciated by your spouse to its maximum value. That's why we're learning love languages so we can communicate love in a way that's received, appreciated um, to its maximum value. So here's something Jody would, uh, if she were sitting in the room, she would add in. She would say one of the ways to know how best to serve your spouse would be to ask them what are uh, one ways, two ways, three ways, four ways that over the next period of time I could serve you and be a help to you. She would say you could go as far as ask that. Now, that would make me totally uncomfortable. I'd be like, I don't need any help. I'm an independent person. But, um, you know, she's not me. And uh, she would say that that is a good way to ask. So if you're sitting around wondering, how do I serve my spouse? They seem to be so independent. They seem to be so whatever then that would be a way to to find out is to sit down over a quality time dinner and go, hey, if I wanted to serve you, if I wanted to do something for you, what is something that you wish somebody would do for you that uh, you do now, but you um, you would rather somebody else do it for you? And, um, you know, there would be something. One of the things for me, and I'm not an acts of service guy, but uh, Jody generally makes coffee every night. She reloads the coffee pot. It's a coffee is a major thing in our lives. Um, if we had a um, if we had a pet, its pet's name would be Coffee. Okay, <laughs> we would just have coffee because that's all, that it it's a big deal for us. So every night she presets the coffee pot and gets it ready um, and so forth for us because she's asked me before, "What do you hate doing?" I'm like, "I hate when I'm on my way to bed." to sit there and run the grinder and make the coffee and all that stuff. So do you guys have anything? Does that connect for you at well, all? It's crazy how similar we are in our, in our, uh, jobs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I told, uh, I think I've said before in previous episodes and even I think last week, I think I talked about how, uh, our son does the dishes a lot. That's because that's my job. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I love delegating that yeah, job. There you go. That's good that you're just teaching him leadership. <laughs> yeah. But we, we have a lot of similar ones. I do the coffee and, um, and, and Carolyn will tell me regularly, I love it whenever I wake up in the morning and the coffee's already ready to go. And, you know, we, we share a pot of coffee. That's important to her. Yeah. That's a big deal. Cause we've had, we've had the little pod things and we've tried, you know, just doing the individual pods are not coffee. They're not, they they're don't not know the what same. they are, well, but they're not coffee. We have the, we have the good pod thing. We have the Nespresso. Okay. It, one of it's, those. it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's not the same to her because it's not the same pot that I used. It's not shared. 
oh man, that is such, she really is quality time. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. So there's the, that connection. You know, I've already had some, I've gone and then she goes and feels that it's halfway done and you know, it's important. You guys are connected over coffee. Yeah. This should, this, this should be an episode for like our friends at Black Rifle Coffee, you yeah. know, at blackrifle.com or whatever. Anyway, so, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, they, this should be an episode for them, how they're making marriages stronger. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's a big deal. By the way, Jody and I share a pot of coffee too. I get three cups. She gets two. Okay. If you I have go, a bigger coffee pot than I we do. do. I do. Because uh, these are like grown-up cups, too. They're not like the little dainty, <laughs> you know, coffee and tea cups. So, uh, but yeah, I drink three. If I drink too many, then I have to go back and apologize and go, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had too many cups today. But anyway. Um, well, it, if, if you'll listen, sometimes you'll hear. Uh, so, uh, Carolyn does most of the, the cooking too, five nights a week at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just that. It's all day. It's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. You know, the kids are always eating stuff. Yeah, you and, have a house full of bottomless pits. Oh, yeah. So. And so she, she's, she's told me before, she just says, can I just have a whole day where I don't have to make any food decisions? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a big deal. So you just took it down from doing something to making decisions, which is doing something. Yeah. But Jody hates to make the decisions on stuff too. So like she got in from a long trip yesterday at the time of our recording, got in from a long trip. And, uh, I said, what are, what do you want to do for dinner? And she's like, Oh, it just kind of went into a zone. And mm-hmm. I'm like, tell you what, uh, if you're going to get ready, let's get ready and we'll go and we'll eat at our favorite Mexican restaurant. And uh, so anyway, it was one of those things, me making the decision. I got credit for like preparing dinner, you know, and yeah. all I did was made the decision. So she didn't have to do that. So mm-hmm. um, that's acts of service. Here's uh here's one that's high on my list um, is the subject of physical touch. So physical touch, uh, let me just say people are communal beings. We're made for community. We're made to connect. And uh, the physical connection is a big, big deal. So whether it's holding hands or a hug or a kiss or marital intimacy um, or, or whatever it is, uh, a pat, uh, rubbing shoulders, whatever those things are, physical touch is a big, big deal. And uh, it reaches, helps us kind of connect at the depths of our being. So if your spouse a physical touch person, the best thing you can do um, is to, is to as you walk by, to brush up against them or to touch them on the arm or to touch them on the shoulder or however best to express. Physical touch is a big, big deal um, from your spouse. And I think you've said before when we were recording, you know, just because you're a physical touch guy doesn't mean you want everybody to come up and give you a hug. So this is an expression of love. I don't need to know that some of our favorite uh, construction workers love us. Okay. I That's do right. not need a hug <laughs> from David. I'm just saying, I'm calling you out, David. If you listen to the pod, I'm calling you out. I don't need a hug from David in order to know I'm loved by him. Okay. Yep. It's better for him to just fist bump me and tell me, Hey, I love you, man. And be done. That's with right. It, okay. But if my wife just fist bumped me and said, Hey, I love you, man. I'd be like, Whoa, Mm-hmm. something's off here. I fully yeah. expect a kiss when you come into the room or whatever. So uh, physical touch is a big deal. Um, it, that also means that to withhold that is really a big, big deal. So to not touch, to cross your arms, to go around away so that you're not actually physically touching a person is, is uh, man, it's devastating. So yeah. uh, physical touch is, is super huge. And can we just say again, you're doing the love language because you're trying to connect with your spouse. So 
um, make sure you're exercising physical touch in a way to invest in and show love for your spouse, not just to uh, feel better about yourself or for yourself. So Jody, um, Jody, many ways would be really happy to just hold hands uh, walking down the street or something. I do not like to walk holding hands because I swing my arms. But anyway, but uh, she would say, man, that is just, that's a 10 out of 10. It's a big deal. Me, physical touch for me, um, when it relates to the two of us, you know, it runs a full spectrum up to and, and including marital intimacy. Okay. But if she's not in a marital intimacy kind of mood, uh, or what have you, then, uh, if I'm going to show physical touch toward her, I need to hold hands and not try to move toward whatever my expression is, um, because I'm supposed to be trying to meet the needs of my spouse, not just my own. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. that's a big deal. And um, and just like withholding physical touch uh, yeah. is is dangerous, the, uh, the farther extreme of that, to threaten violence or to use physical connection as a weapon, um, whether it's withholding or to become violent, to raise your hand against your spouse or to, mm. uh, to give them the impression that you're going to strike them or something of that nature, that is always wrong. There's never a place for that. But it is particularly devastating for a person who is physical touch the way they experience love. You can actually do a lot of damage to a person uh, in their heart by uh, introducing violence or something of that nature in for a person whose physical touch uh, actually is supposed to be an expression of love. So um, anyway, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a thought process on those two particular love languages. And uh, that covers all five now. So mm -hmm. you may have gone through this and said, man, I don't know which one is me anymore. I thought I was a words of affirmation person, but I think I'm also a serving and quality time and gifts and Everybody's got a little of something, probably, and we all like any of these at different times, um, but you have some primary love languages. So if you've not taken the survey, I'd encourage you to go back and get it and take it, not just so you'll know more about you, but so you can share that with your spouse and your spouse knowing that then you guys can make a covenant together to express love to one another in a way that is most fulfilling for your mate so that you're loving them to their advantage, not to your advantage in what you do. And I think if you invest in showing love towards your spouse, you'll find that the return on that is they're going to want to love you back um, as well. That's not your primary motivation, but it is certainly almost a predictable outcome uh, in, in the way we go. What else would you add to us, Jordan? I just want to echo, just uh, encourage you listeners, if you haven't, go out and get a copy of this and, and read it. Go through it together. And whether your uh, marriage is struggling, this is a great place to start. Or if it's going great, this is a great way to accelerate it and take it even to the next level. So go out and do something with what you've heard and and we, we pray that it'll be a big deal for you. Yeah, absolutely. Don't wait till crisis. Just level up. Go to the yep. next level with where you are, and we'll catch up with you next time. Thank you for joining us for the My Home, My Mission podcast. If today's episode was helpful to you, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to contact Chris or Jordan, email us at home at inglewoodbaptist.com.